Griffiths is the data privacy detective. Welcome back. And today we're going to talk about a uh, something that's on the front page all the time, cybersecurity. Uh, with me today are two executives with uh, the company Connect IQ, which has a very interesting solution in the data privacy uh, uh, space. We have Ken Morris, the CEO, and Xiao Jen, the, uh, the CTO. Uh, so welcome, Xiao, and welcome, Ken. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Ken, let me start with you. Uh, what are the cybersecurity concerns uh, with the Internet of Things? What should we worry about? Well, just to give a, a quick background on the Internet of Things or IoT, uh, it's, it's these are devices that are not necessarily physically connected, and they sit on the edge of computing environments. Uh, an example might be uh, cameras that may be in a person's home, baby monitors that uh, access to the internet. Uh, it could also be on the manufacturing side. If you're an energy oil company, you may have uh, wireless access points sitting at a pumping station. All of these are subject to uh, potential threats as access points into the broader network. Yeah, and that can range from uh, voting machines to <laughs> to the electric grid. The uh, I mean, major things you're talking about here, Ken. Absolutely, and we've seen examples of attacks on critical national infrastructure uh, that have occurred. Uh, Ukraine is probably one of uh, most recent memory where literally the energy production system of the country was shut down by someone who gained access. Uh, to their uh, command and control systems. Well, well, Shell, let me turn to you. Ken mentioned command and control. Now, that sounds like a military term. What does that have to do with data privacy and cybersecurity? Well, briefly, command and control implies you have uh, dev central devices that are acting as things, and they're sent control commands to these edge devices, whether they're information collecting sensors, whether they're cameras. Uh, an example would be like in a smart city. You have your uh, uh, traffic lights that could be devices that are being controlled by a, uh, a localized hub that's telling them when to turn on, when to turn off. It's a simple example, but it's a fact. Well, it's a very good example, and you're, you're saying technology really can be controlling that through by, uh, by remote control. Correct. And the concern is that a lot of these command and control devices are not secured properly. So you could have a malicious actor take take over the commanding, the controlling device, and then initiate havoc by sending all sorts of uh, you know undesired commands to the devices on the edge. Or inversely, they they could inject data coming back to the controller by hijacking the stream that the sensors are collecting. And well, so essentially feeding back false information that causes wrong decisions to be made. Right, and I think we saw it on House of Cards, but for real, when Vice President Cheney had his heart issues and was our vice president, I think he had to disconnect. Uh, the Secret Service told him to disconnect from the command and control center for fear somebody yeah. might go in and just turn off the pacemaker. The most classic example is what happened with the uh, SCADA infiltration with the Iranian uh, uh, nuclear. Um, oh, the centrifuges, uh, fuges in uh, exactly. Iran. Yeah. What? Uh, right. What happened? Tell, tell us briefly. So essentially, uh, some state actors, I don't know, I won't say who, were able to inject uh, 
and essentially viruses in the command machines via USB drives. And then that essentially, those commands were then able to destroy the centrifuges and set back Iran's um, uh, nuclear enrichment, uranium enrichment program. And without getting into whether that was a good thing or a bad thing to do, it's, it exposes that all sorts of command and control devices that, that are available present in the connected world and are increasing by the day are open to that danger. And well, a lot of them, some, some of them might be, uh, might be protected properly, but a lot of them are not. Well, Ken, what are the three things, two or three things that keep you up at night from a kind of national or global perspective that uh, have to do with what we're talking about? Well, Jill, 50 billion IoT devices projected to be operational in less than three years. Uh, worldwide. 50 billion. Many of these, 50 billion. Many of these, uh, dare I say possibly most, will have inadequate uh, security controls and access controls around it. Uh, uh, Shell already mentioned command and control. Uh, I think about critical national infrastructure, and this one keeps me up at night because it's the ability to really uh, hamper uh, the effectiveness of a nation state. And I suspect we will see nation states attempt to move in this, in this direction. Uh, and finally, uh, the world from a commercial standpoint as well as a social standpoint is moving more toward uh, what we like to call interdependent webs. Now, historically, it has been one-to-one -one relationship in terms of moving data. Well, now we're starting to see many-to-many. And the question becomes, how do you build trusted ecosystems out of all of those connected devices? And this is what we aim to do, is to allow those who will be part of the IoT to trust that, in fact, their devices are connecting only to those entities and other devices that they, in fact, authorize. And Connect IQ is at work at that, not just for this kind of thing, but for protecting personal data privacy as well. Correct, Ken? Absolutely. Well, thank you for your efforts on that. Uh, followers, a little thing to worry about tonight if you don't have anything else to worry about. But be assured there are good people working on the solutions to uh, protect our data privacy and our national security. Shal and Ken, thank you very much for introducing us to this subject today, and best wishes with what you're doing. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Remember, your personal data privacy protection begins with you. See you next time.